Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Saturdays of mornings are right here and Saturdays in the gong. We're live from Wollongong Golf Club. Good morning to you. 1575 SEN track Illawarra here in Wollongong. All for the first hour in Sydney on 1170. You can get us on the app or the website. Text us 0457 736 736. I'm Tim Barrow. Joining me is Illawarra Hawks basketball manager Matt Campbell. Good morning to you, mate. Morning, mate. What a cracking day here in the Illawarra. Um, and what a fantastic weekend of sport we've got going oh, and a week. It's as good as it gets. It just really is. Uh, picture perfect morning here at Wollongong Golf Club. Uh, yeah, the footy from this week. Uh, the Seagulls threw the, the absolute sink at the Panthers and still couldn't get it done. 24-12, to 12, the Panthers just tick along. The Sharks, they staked their finals claim with a 36-6 to 6 win over the Titans. And then the Broncos, ooh, aren't they in some form? 54-10 yeah. over the Eels. Mate, great three games to start the round, um, you know, and, and all big games, really, in the scheme of who's going to be a contender throughout the year. And I thought, obviously, Penrith, um, they're methodical the way they went about their business um, on Thursday night. But... I, I, I do love what Manly tried to do. I think they, they changed it up, a couple of silly things from their point of view, but mm. the reality was that they threw everything they had. Um, they, were, they were trying to make the finals, so I, I like the, their intent was really good, um, but obviously Penrith just too good. And then, yeah, I mean, Broncos, well, they put their hand up. I mean, everyone's been saying they've been good all year, but yeah. w- it was always a question mark, could they really be a contender this year? And uh, what they're doing lately, uh, I've got to say it's... Mate, if I'm Penrith, I'm a little worried. What convinced me was last week against the Cowboys where the Cowboys were good, Mm. but they just couldn't go with the Broncos. Mm. And they've obviously got points in them as they showed last night. So it's looking more and more to me like a Penrith and Broncos grand final. Uh, Early days, there's still some contenders to come. The whips aren't quite cracking yet, but, gee, they're both both looking very good. Uh, Important NRLW game here in Wollongong this morning. 11.05, 11.05, kickoff at Wynn Stadium, just here next door to Wollongong Golf Club. The Dragons take on the Raiders. Now, it's not often rugby league gets pushed down the pecking order here on Saturdays in the gong, but it is today because it's one of the biggest days in Australian sport. The Matildas up against France at 5 o'clock. Just a sense of occasion. I mean, women's football is such a great product now, but the sense of occasion, there's a real anticipation about what's to come today, isn't there? Yeah, well, you talk about it. it like, women's football is, is really demanding a lot of attention in junior ranks. Um, you can see that all around Australia right now where, where participation's gone through the roof. And to have that level of excitement going into this World Cup, now to see the Matildas keep ticking away, I you know, it's... I was on the edge of my seat in that game on Monday night, and uh, I just love what they're doing. I love how humble they are after they've been winning. Um, and the personalities that are now starting to come out of the team, um, obviously with Sam Kerr being out. 
I tell you what, too. I mean, we're very lucky down here, and we're very proud to have the likes of Alex Olganovsky, the world champion UFC fighter, also Emma McKeon, the most celebrated swimmer, most medal-decorated swimmer in Australian history, to call Wollongong her, her home. But this is one of the proudest moments in Illawarra sport. We have Mary Fowler, who played for the Illawarra Stingrays, feeding a ball to Caitlin Ford, who just sprinted away on the left and slotted at home against Denmark the other night. Let's catch a moment of the action. Fowler finds Ford. Ford starts to straight forward. Caitlin Ford's in the area. Caitlin Ford's! It's Caitlin Ford for Australia. And the Matildas on the fast break. Caitlin Ford as fast as a Ford all the way down the other ends and it's Australia 1 Denmark nil. The skill and the ultra professionalism now of women's football, the opportunities that they have Caitlin Ford, very successful at Arsenal there. Now Mary Fowler, she's in the Manchester City uh, set up and as a Man City fan, I watched that pass and it had Kevin De Bruyne written all over it, just the, the through ball down the field, Caitlin Ford picked it up and went away and scored. An amazing moment for Illawarra Sport. Uh, yeah, two Illawarra juniors uh, showcasing on the world stage and uh, like you said, just elite um, skill level, which was fantastic from that point of view and just uh, I want to reiterate on that call it said as fast as a Ford I'm a Holden fan and I don't, <laughs> I don't know about as fast as a Ford but I mean the silky smooth skills of those two girls in that game was just prevalent and uh, like I said now that Sam's back in there like I, I'm really excited uh, it's going to be interesting how they play and how they push people around the park to make sure that it works but um, you know, it was so exciting to see the Illawarra girls do that. But just in general, the Matildas like have really captivated the Australian audience right now. And you know, and I think needed a little bit of a kick. I mean, obviously we've got NRL going really well, ticking along, getting ready for finals. AFL's big in the in the southern states, and um, you know, it's good to have a different sport every now and then. Just sort of poke its head out there and just give us an opportunity to celebrate great athletes from Australia. Um, in a different landscape. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, speaking of Manchester City, before they kicked off the EPL season with a 3-0 win over Burnley this morning, I was up bright and early. Unfortunately, Kevin De Bruyne went off injured, so a bit of a concern there. But Australia take on France at 5 o'clock before England and Colombia at 8.30. Now, Sweden uh, beat Japan yesterday. That was an outstanding game. We'll get to that. Uh, and Spain 2-1 over the Netherlands in extra time. So Spain will play Sweden in the other semi-final. Speaking of Illawarra greats, we bring in Jamboree's finest, Jordan Warren, the Illawarra Mercury football writer. Good morning to you, mate. Oh, have we got him on the line? We might have had a bit of trouble there. Hang on. We'll have a bit of a hold-up. I don't know whether you watched the Sweden, any of the Sweden and Japan highlights yesterday. Sweden just dominated the game for 70 minutes. And I just thought, oh, wow, there's, there's the world champions in waiting, unless Australia you know, or England can do something spectacular. And then all of a sudden, the pendulum just swung. Japan came right at them. They had a penalty where it actually came off the underside of the crossbar and was cleared away. They then later had a shot which actually came off the crossbar, off the keeper's back, then off the side of the post and somehow managed to dribble across the... Th so you just thought it was fate that Sweden <laughs> yeah. were going to win. It was a phenomenal game of football. Um, what do we make of Sam Kerr, though, the, um, this afternoon? I mean, she's probably about that 80 90% range, but, I mean... You know, do you think she's going to be used as that, that bench impact again or 
you know, will we just have to take that leap of faith and start it? Uh, I'm, I'm all for just taking the leap. I, I just think that, you know, you've got such a good player who demands such such attention from the other team. I think she creates opportunities for the rest of the squad. Now, I'm of the opinion you take that leap. Um, bringing her in, like, you know, if, if we're, we're down 1-0 or 2-0 by the time she gets on the park, then the game could be already over. So from my point of view, I think you roll the dice, you put her out there, um, you know, if, if it's not working, then maybe move the other way where you bring her out of the game. But um, I just I, I just think you wouldn't risk it. Uh, it's too big of a game. We're at the, the pointy end of the tournament. Um, unfortunately, the reality is if she breaks down, then, you know, it, you, you have to live with that as a decision. Yeah, yeah. well, it's quarterfinals time. You know, it does. it is starting to get to that, that now or never stage. We had a false start with Sam Kerr with the tournament. We had a false start with Jordan Warren, but I think we've got him on the line now. Hey, boys, how are you going? Good, mate, good. Um, a huge occasion today, 5 o'clock, Australia-France. I mean, just, you know, it's just a massive opportunity for Australia to do something really special. Yeah, it's huge. It, it's simply one of the biggest games in Australian footballing history. It's, it's pretty much that's as plain as you can put it. Um, Australia have obviously never never made it past the, the quarterfinal stage at the FIFA Women's World Cup, so it would be an absolutely monumental achievement to be able to do that. And, of course... They're really in, a, in with a shout to win the tournament should they beat France tonight. Of course, uh, the other semi-final is already confirmed with Spain and Sweden. Of course, a couple of, of sensational sides, but and, and then obviously if the Matildas get through tonight, then, then we'll be up against either Colombia or England. So And of course, a couple of other sensational sides there too. But it, on home soil, uh, the Matildas have been playing extremely well ever since that Nigeria loss. Um, against Canada and Denmark and, and it really could go either way tonight and I think that I was speaking to Julie Dolan of course former Matildas captain yesterday and she was saying that the Matildas need to avoid that slow start that we've seen at the tournament especially against Denmark on Monday they, they did start slow and, and Denmark were the better side until Caitlin Ford scored that opener so if the Matildas do that tonight I, I think France could punish us but in saying that I think the Matildas are playing so well um, there's no reason why they can't go and beat France for the second time in, in the space of a month. Now, Matt Campbell, a championship-winning player with the Illawarra Hawks in the NBL, has declared that the Sam Kerr should start tonight. Do we do we go with that? Um, you know, I, I guess Australia did sort of unlock the secret in without her in terms of uh, playing with uh, Emily Van Igmon, having uh, Caitlin Ford there on the left, and Mary Fowler sort of dropping in deeper. It has worked, but is it is it time to launch with Sam? Yeah, I think Tony was saying yesterday that, that if Sam was fit to start, no, was fit to, to play 90 minutes, that she would start. And I think that against Denmark, we saw that they did unlock that different formula. Of course, Emily Van Egmond is just such a selfless player and she just links the team together so well. She's so undervalued and so underrated. She's one of the smartest players I've ever seen play, watch, watching her actually live. And she's just an absolutely sensational player. And of course, the key to putting Caitlin Ford on the left in her preferred position so she can cut inside on her right foot has worked, has worked wonders. And, of course, Mary Fowler's having a, a stellar tournament. But in saying that, if Sam Kerr's fit, uh, she's the captain, she's the best striker in the world at the moment, she's got to start. Um, in saying that, I, I don't have the feeling, I, I've got a gut feeling that, that she wouldn't start tonight. We only saw her for a little bit over 10 minutes against Denmark so that kind of indicates to me that she's probably not ready for 90 plus minutes it could go to extra time and penalty kicks tonight of course but I dare say that she'll come off the bench in the second half irrespective of the score obviously if 
if it's uh, France leading into the second half and Australia need a goal, we'll definitely see Sam Kerr. But even if Australia were in a comfortable position, if they were, say, leading 4-0, which would be a sensational, if they were leading by that in that second half, I still think that, that they would bring Sam on because she needs those minutes if the Matildas are to progress past this stage. We're just talking about Caitlin Ford uh, and Mary Fowler coming through the Stingrays um, system. I mean, you know, it was fantastic to watch that goal as as two, you know, Illawarra products. Or, I mean, I know uh, Mary Fowler isn't originally from Wollongong, but she spent the time down here. Um, you know, you, you've done the stories during the week talking to the Stingrays and the impact that they've had, um, not only for the, the young girls here, but but also when they were here through the system. Yeah, it's been a, a sensational impact on the, the current crop of Stingrays. I was talking to Ella uh, Guile. She's been she's playing first grade now, but she's been at the club for seven years. So she's been through the junior system. She's a Stingray through and through. And she actually was telling me about the times when, when Mary was in first grade playing for the Stingrays. And also she was telling me when she was facing her in school soccer as well and saying just even back then that, that she was a sensational talent and some of the traits that she had then she definitely has now and she's definitely improved on those and yeah it just means so much for for the stingrays they've been really supportive of this world cup obviously and they've been really excited by the fact that caitlin ford and mary fowler are, are absolutely killing it and that's been the stingray duo up top this whole world cup without sam kerr that's been getting australia through obviously there's been like i mentioned van egmont there's been hayley razzo has been sensational katrina gorry in that midfield, Kyra Cooney Cross has been really great. Claire Hunt at the back. There's a number of, of really good stellar performances so far this cup, but it's definitely been the Ford and Fowler show. They've just been absolutely unstoppable. Obviously, there's been hiccups like that Nigeria game where they were kind of marked out of the game against Ireland, even in that opener. They, oh, the Irish did find a way to, to kind of nullify that Matilda's attack, but but against Canada, who were obviously the, the Olympic champions, and against Denmark, a top European side, Ford and Fowler have just shown that they're world-class players. Now, it's a feast of football, but it doesn't stop today because tomorrow uh, tomorrow afternoon, the Australia Cup, Sydney FC up against Central Coast here at Wynn Stadium, as well as the Wolves in the NPL action. Uh, fantastic to see uh, elite football here in Wollongong, given there's still that carrot of the National Second Division or even entry into the A-League uh, just hanging there. Yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting day. It will be an exciting day tomorrow. We've got Sydney FC up against the A-League champion Central Coast Mariners at Wynn Stadium in the round of 32 of the Australia Cup. And then after that, you've got the David Carney coached Wollongong Wolves playing Sydney Olympics. So it's going to be a, a sensational day of action. I was at a at a game the Wolves were playing the Sydney FC MPL uh, team just last month and there was about 2,500 people there. There was there was flares on action. It was like being in a genuine old A-League atmosphere. The flares don't happen these days, but as much these days, I should say. But so, yeah, it was like a, a sensational atmosphere that last month's game. So I expect today will be a, would be a, an absolutely bumper crowd. Sydney FC always get really good numbers when they do play their games at Wollongong, albeit how rare that is. Um, so with the two games, and actually three games, because the Wolves under-20s play after after the first grade fixture. So with three games back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, expect a number of people in the stadium. So it should be a, a great atmosphere for all people going to that one. All right, Jordan, lay it on the line. The Matildas against France this afternoon. What's your prediction? Yeah, I honestly think... 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Matildas can do it, not, and as I said before, talking to Julie Dolan, she was telling me that the, uh, she's a little bit nervous, as we all are. But um, obviously, we showed in that friendly that we can that we can beat France. That in that friendly game, it really could have gone either way. I said that on this show the day after that game. I said that France could have easily have beaten us in that fixture. It was it was a great goal by Fowler on that occasion, and also it was a, a friendly match. But both teams were playing that game like it was. A World Cup warm-up. Of course, it was a the World Cup send-off game just uh, six or seven days before the opener that Australia played against Ireland, and we managed to, to beat the French. But they're a quality side. They've got players playing in the best clubs in Europe. But in saying that, so do we. So I, I think the Matildas will get up. I think they can get up 2-0. I'm even predicting a Sam Kerr goal. Very good, mate. Mm. I think there's a Sam Kerr. There's, there's magic in the air today. There's yeah. just something special that's going to happen. So, <laughs> look, appreciate your time, Jordan. We're just warming up here on Saturdays on the Gong. We'll head to a break. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Saturday morning vibes, man. Yeah. <laughs> Live here from Wollongong Golf Club with Saturdays in the Gong with thanks to GWM Havel. Visit them at Wollongong City Motors. Get a test drive today. Impact garage doors, impacting gra- impacting homes with garage doors for 20 odd years at impactgaragedoors.com.au. And the Illawarra Mercury, my employer, illawarramercury.com.au. Matt, we've got a really busy show today. What's happening with the Hawks, though? Obviously, pre-season's starting to wind up with the Illawarra Hawks. Yeah, yeah. For the listeners out there, the NBL's about to kick off. Uh, we've started our pre-season. Will be the first game of the of the year is September uh, 30, AFL Grand Final night. If you don't mind, in uh, here in Wollongong. Yeah. Um, lucky we're in New South Wales for that. But it's uh, creeping up, isn't it? Oh, it's come around so quick. Mm. We we've got uh, everyone bar one player in. Uh, the the next one comes in tomorrow morning. Justin Robinson, our import our last of our imports. So, yeah. yeah, the team's shaping up really well. Like, It's going to be an outstanding year, I think. A um, number of NBA guys uh, come back with Della Vadova and, um, and that's really shored up the league. But, um, yeah, our team's coming along quite well. We've got a South Korean kid, H.J. Lee, yep. um, who was with the Philadelphia 76ers just over the summer. Um, a six-foot-eight South Korean kid who can shoot the absolute hell out of the ball. He's going quite nicely at the moment. Um, Sam Froling, a, a boomer who just got cut from the from the Australian team. He's not going to be on his way to the World Championships, but was in the 18. Um, pretty much the rest of the team were NBA guys. So, yeah. Um, yeah, really excited about what we've been able to put together from a from a club point of view. But it's like every year. It's like we talk about this in the NRL. 
preseason all looks good, your roster looks great, but until you actually start playing games, you won't know who's who in the zoo. And yeah. we look forward to starting our preseason campaign in the next couple of weeks against New Zealand, just as a couple of friendlies. Must be a good vibe, though, after the year from hell you had last year with all the injuries, just, you know, the issues that went on. And, you know, in Jacob Jacoma's first year as head coach, he just had everything thrown at him. So, you know, it just must be great to wipe the slate clean and let's go again. Yeah, like with, with the amount of talent we've got on the floor at the moment, it actually, you know, you look at the basketball team and you go like um, there's experience across multiple positions. So if someone was to get injured, we're in a position where we're, we won't lose a lot. Um, and I think that's going to be the key to our year this year is that uh, every other team seems to recruit well for their top five to six players. Um, we're just hoping our depth across the 12 guys that we've got in our roster this year is uh, probably going to hold us in a good stead. Um, but, it, you know, we won't know until as we get into games and then probably halfway through a game whether we can wear them down. Another key thing from our point of view this year is the, the young next star that we've been able to pick up. Now, his name's AJ Johnson. Um, he's from America. He's only 18 years old, uh, part of that program. And he's um, following the footsteps of Lamello Ball. And Lamello, who played with us four years ago uh, here in the Illawarra, just signed a $260 million five-year wow. deal. We're at $52 million a year. Yeah. Um, hard to think that he's got that level um, in him when he was with us at such a young age. And some of the characteristics of this young kid, AJ, is, is similar. He moves the same. He's got, a, he's got a passing ability. He's probably more athletic than Lamello was at the same time and uh, probably shoots the ball a little bit more consistently than Lamello. Um, but um, obviously Lamello went on to greater um, things where he just learnt the game so well. So pretty exciting for us as a club. Um, it's going to be great for the fans. We're going to play exciting brand of basketball. Uh, young coach, young team that are going to get out and run and have some fun. Talk about that's a phenomenal amount of money, isn't it? I know the NBA is just this enormous beast, but you know you're you're there managing NBL salary caps, and there's good cash in that, you mm. know, and there's great players that are coming out, but phenomenal amount of money. Yeah, yeah. Look, we're talking the NBA is a different level. Um, you know, some guys are on 60, 60 plus million at the moment uh, on their contracts per year, and kind of look at it and go, really? Do you do you really need that much money? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we'd love to have that kind of money, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of strange. And in, I was lucky enough to be over in Vegas at the NBA Summer League and um, got to meet, you know, um, Jason Tatum, whose dad is actually going to be part of the coaching group for us this year. And, uh, you know, talk about a superstar and can't even walk through the casino um, when we were over there just going to dinner. And, um, you know, the amount of people that mobbed him were just life changes and... Even just talking to him about some of the stuff that he has to worry about. He's got a, he's got a young child and, uh, you know, they're worried about kidnapping because he's got so much fame and well, things yeah. that you don't think about, um, you know, us mortals here in Australia. <laughs> um, but when you're, when you're on that kind of money and you're that kind of star over there, that, that just changes. And you can see why some of them really turn into, to, to, you know, kind of turn in their personalities. So um, hopefully that doesn't change anyone in, in our world. But... Yeah, pretty excited about the NBL season uh, kicking off in seven weeks' time. Talk about wiping the slate clean. Shane Flanagan comes in next year for St. George Illawarra. Are they a sneaky chance this afternoon, though, against the Rabbitohs? Coming back from Perth, we've been, we've been waiting and waiting for the Rabbitohs to just go bang. Mm. And it hasn't happened. Yeah. And it's not saying they're not capable of it. We know they are. And they've got some great players in there. Any team with Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell can win any game of football but coming back from Perth they've got to go to Cairns the Dragons have been full of effort in the contest every time Ryan Carr has done an outstanding job as an interim coach are they just a sneaky hope if, if the Rabbitohs haven't handled 
all the travel. Oh, look, um, you would never say never with them, but I just think that the Rabbitohs will come out and be, just be a bit more methodical. I think their discipline hasn't been great. Um, and I think, obviously, they're still still in that finals hope. So I, I don't think the Dragons are a hope, but I agree with you. The way they're playing at the moment has been fantastic. So I just feel that um, all that stuff's been great from, from, from what they've been able to try and achieve, given that the turmoil that they've had throughout the season. But Rabbitohs should take care of business. Three o'clock, Barlow Park up there in Cairns. The Rabbitohs against the Dragons. We'll be talking more rugby league in the show. We're going to head to the news, but when we come back, we've got a legend of British broadcasting in both darts and rugby league, Stuart Pike, because it's a feast of sport here in Wollongong, and we've got the New South Wales Darts Masters across the road here at the Wynn Entertainment Centre. The final's on tonight. We'll be back after the news, talking plenty of darts. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Saturdays in the Gong, we're live from Wollongong Golf Club. I'm Tim Barrow from the Illawarra Mercury. Joining me is head waiter and Illawarra basketball great <laughs> Matt Campbell, just organising the, the coffees and the waters. You've got, got the food coming for us, mate? Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. It's all, all part of the service, no, mate. You're, all you're doing well. Service. Above and beyond, above and beyond. <laughs> now, joining us this morning, we've got the New South Wales Darts Masters happening here in Wollongong. The finals are on tonight, so it's an absolute privilege and pleasure to have Stuart Pike, the British uh, broadcasting great of rugby league and of darts, Welcome to Wollongong. Yeah, good to be here. We had a fantastic time last year and the same this year. I mean, what a what a setting to be able to, you know, have a have a latte and have a chat and beautiful weather. And of course, this is your winter. What does make me laugh though is that is that I'm walking around Wollongong and when I, I was in Sydney last week in t-shirts and everybody's got jumpers on and hoodies and hats and gloves. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what what on earth? What's going on? But you know, this is hot for us. I was watching the start of the English Premier League there this morning and like. Phil Foden's got the European tan after having their summer break, and you know, but you, you know that the weather's starting to turn here. So, but yeah, it's absolute picture perfect here, at Wollongong Golf Club. We've got the quarterfinals starting tonight. So Gerwin Price against Damon Hedder, uh, Dimitri Vandenberg against Simon Whitlock, Michael Smith and Peter Wright, and Rob Cross and Danny Noppet. Danny Noppet from Holland, yep. Yeah, the Dutchman. So. Uh, what did you make of the last night's play? Listen, it, w what's really good about it is that it, I think everybody thought that we, we, we had a punt at it last year just to see what the reaction would be. Because, the, I mean, if you know, the, the, the Wynn Entertainment Centre, it's a fantastic venue. It's a perfect venue for darts. You know, and, and, and the people of the Gong and surrounding areas didn't let us down. You know, fantastic atmosphere. That's why we're back last, this, uh, this year. Uh, I'm pretty sure we'll be back again next year. Um, and it's just it's just a good atmosphere. People come and have fun, you know, um, and you know they enjoy themselves for four hours. You know, they're, they're quite well behaved, <laughs> you know, for Aussies, especially when you get past ten o'clock. Uh, but yeah, they, people come and have fun. It's good. Simon Whitlock, of course, the Wizard of Oz, raised the roof. Uh, last night by winning in the last leg decider to come through and, and uh, that sort of made the night and it's made the weekend and we've got Whitlock and, and Damon Hetter who'll take centre stage tonight. Um, what, what are the Aussie crowds like? I know, you know, obviously the English, they have, they have their songs, you know, through football, through rugby league and the darts, you know, how do the Aussies 
had the Aussies different. I know, I know, Wollongong crowd can get pretty loose, yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, the f funny story: the first time we came here, well, ten years ago, the first time we were here, we were in Sydney. We went to Luna Park, which was a really good venue. Uh, you know, for, for 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 me and everybody else, it was it was like incredible. I mean, our commute to work was to get on the ferry, <laughs> go past the Opera House under the bridge, and that was our commute to work. But yeah, it was it was it was quite funny because what happened is that the Aussies copied what they saw in the UK you know they, they with the singing and the shouting the dressing up and the dancing but I don't know if this is a common theme in Australia they couldn't pace themselves so by nine o'clock at night they were all absolutely on the floor um, <laughs> you know I think they, 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 they sort of gone after it with a hundred miles an hour but yeah great fun Aussie crowds are always are well you, you see tonight you said it's a sellout here in Wollongong so do you will you see an amp up of the crowd you believe yeah, tonight yeah absolutely and say so that the, the the, the the big factor was Simon Whitlock winning last mm -hmm. night, beating Nathan Aspinall in a, in a last leg decider, and you know the crowd get involved, you know, and and Damon Hatter I mean, is is an incredible sporting story, uh, but everybody of course is you know recognises Simon Whitlock wherever yeah. he goes, you know he is instantly recognisable around the world, um, you know he's he's had a struggle. This year he's he's sort of hanging on in there in the world's top 40, but you know when it when it matters, he can pull it out. Uh, but Damon Hesser, the other Aussie, is, is just a, for people who don't know, is a fantastic story. He was a, a, a roofer from Perth. That was his job, and he played darts as a hobby. Um, and four years ago, uh, we were in Brisbane for the Brisbane Darts Masters, and he won it. Somehow he won it. He survived match darts in every game, all the way up to, and including the final. And he thought, well, I'll take a punt. I'll have a go. I'll, I'll go over to England. I'll see what I can do. He's now on the verge of the top ten in the world. He's a wow. fantastic player. He gave it a go, you know, and he's reaping the rewards. You well, know. an interesting question, I guess, for our listeners is, what is the pathway for a darts player? Like, how do you get into it? I mean, obviously, it's massive over in the UK, um, and it's, you know, it is a pub sport here in Australia too, but what is the genuine pathway for an Australian well, in, in to be able to for, get into for darts? For, yeah, for an Australian, uh, they have the, the, the Darts Players Australia, the DPA, mm. and they have several events throughout the year uh, across uh, across the country. Um, and the, the guy who finishes top of that goes to the World Championship. They have the Oceanic Masters, which will be played at Warilla Bowls uh, in October. The winner of that goes to the, the World Championship. But I think, I think it's getting on that circuit, on the DPA circuit, and it's getting bigger and bigger. It's affiliated with the PDC, the Professional Darts Corporation. And, and, and anyone, you know, anyone will have a, an opportunity uh, and a chance to go. You know, with the fact that, that, that once, twice, well, three times a year, these guys can play against the very best in the business each August when we're in New Zealand and Australia, you know, it, it, it makes people think, well, hang on a sec, I, I play down the path, I'm not bad, I can, I can do this, I can do this, and, and it's been proved, you know, literally this guy, I can't underestimate what a, an achievement it is for him to come from absolutely nowhere on the other side of the world to be one of the very best in the world, mm -hmm. and, and that's what Damon, Damon Hess has done. Who's caught your eye from last night's play? Um, obviously, plenty of the first round action. Uh, as you said, Simon, the wizard Whitlock snuck through there against uh, Nathan Asp Aspinall. But who's caught your eye in terms of form heading into tonight? Well, Gerwin Price is, uh, is for me, the favourite for the tournament. He was brilliant in New Zealand, then had uh, had a blip in the final. But I, I, just, I just think he... 
He 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 was the boo boy guy when Price. I don't know if people are, are aware. But he, he's the guy that, that that people would boo. But he with his darts, he's won them round in the last twelve months. And he, he he came to the stage wearing the green and gold, you know, which helped. Uh, and of course, Peter Snakebite Wright, who has the colourful Mohican and the the snake tattoo on his head, he he had the green and gold as well. And the crowds love him, absolutely love him wherever he goes. Um, you know, he was he he was playing the Aussie number one. Uh, and they were they were singing for Peter Wright. You know that's how popular he is. But it'll be a fantastic night, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. They have it. The four quarterfinals over the best of eleven legs, first to six. Semi-finals, first to seven. Final, first to eight. Winner takes home around forty thousand Australian dollars. Um, you know, and I, I hear uh, that there are one or two tickets have been made available. Not very many. And um, so if you fancy a, a big night out, you, you'll have a you'll have a ball. And you've been around for the week. You've managed to catch a bit of NRL action. Or? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's my passion. Uh, I mean, I call the call the rugby league for uh, for Sky Sports back in the UK, and I'll be back doing that next week or for the rest of this month. Um, so yeah, I mean, absolutely love it. I, I fr from from New Zealand last weekend, I got a uh, a 7 a.m. flight to to get back to Sydney to go and watch Power against the Dragons, um, which is a, a great game and. You know, controversial game. I, I, Still a sore point. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, we have a video referee in the UK, you, uh, which is obviously the, the your bunker over here, um, and it, it just astounds me how often they get it wrong when they have every single camera available, every opportunity, and they still got it wrong. You know, and and how they couldn't, how they ruled. Uh, Clint Gutherson's uh, tackle as a as a loose carry is beyond me, absolutely beyond me. Because that was the game, that was 26-10 to the Dragons, and it makes a big, big difference. You know, we had a, we had a similar incident in a, in a in a Challenge Cup semi-final back in the UK. They got it desperately wrong, uh, and it and and it changed the game. So, and I know there's human error and all right, but come on, these guys are supposed to know what they're doing. A little, little bit like the umpires in the Ashes when they yeah. change the ball, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, sometimes yeah. they do get yeah. it wrong. The further down the rabbit yeah, hole but you the, get, but there's I, a oh, cheeky shot across the bow <laughs> at the English. Yeah, but so I, have to, I have to say that was a good decision by the umpires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the further down the rabbit hole you get, the, the messier <laughs> it gets. We've got to, got to head to a break, but uh, stick around because I want to pick your brain in terms of the English Rugby League game. There's plenty to talk about as well as some NRL. We'll head to a break. Saturday's in the gong. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Good morning to you, 11.70 in Sydney for the first hour and 15.75 SEN Track Illawarra. Also catch us on the app or the website where Saturdays in the gong. Joining us this morning is Stuart Pike, uh, the darts broadcaster, but you're also a St Helens tragic as well as a, well as a caller. Now St Helens uh, sensationally won the World Club Challenge at the start of the season. They came out here on an absolute mission, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the great achievements in the history of the club. I mean, I mean you'll know, no one really gave them any chance at all. They mm -hmm. had the warm-up game here uh, against the Dragons at Wynn Stadium. Went really, really well. But it was it was just a sensational performance. And, and I think what, what was good 
uh, for the for the sport in in the UK is that it it, it just sort of showcases the, the top level how good it is you know and the, there are I mean we haven't got the strength in depth uh, that the NRL has but the, our top six could compete in the NRL without a shadow of a doubt you know the top teams could compete over here um, I mean our, our coach for the last three years. Uh, Christian Wolfe, of course, is now with Wayne Bennett at the Dolphins, uh, the heir apparent to Wayne Bennett at the Dolphins. He, he was adamant uh, that his St. Helens team would be a top four team in the NRL. And, you know, I, I think he's right, you know, and, and um, it's been tough, though. It's taken it out of St. Helens, mentally mm. and physically getting back. They've, they've had to, to really battle and struggle. Uh, to get in the top four. We've, we've still got six weeks to go of our regular season uh, before we get to the playoffs, but don't write them off. I just I remember watching James Roby in that club challenge and the game before. He was just a man on a mission yeah. at 37. Yeah. It just showed how much it meant to yeah. I mean, he, it's, a, it's a rarity these days. I mean, I, 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 obviously, they play, they play quite a bit more and they have the Challenge Cup competition in the UK. Um, you know, but, but f uh, over, in, over here... To play 200, 250, 300 games for your club is just like a phenomenal achievement. This guy has played 540 games yeah. for St Helens wow. since 2004. I mean, a one-club man, but it's a it's an astonishing achievement, you know. And and he he, he just got better and better. He will finally retire uh, at the end of this year as one of the greatest ever. Speaking of one of the English greats, Sam Burgess, the, the legend of South, who won the Premiership there in 2014, just taking the the Warren job I think it's a I think do you know what I think it's a huge gamble but I think it's a I think it's a, a calculated gamble I mean you know Sam Burgess is a smart cookie I mean I, I knew him as a player when, when of course when he was he was pulling on the Great Britain in the England shirt uh, and I think it might be a really really surprise appointment but a really good appointment because he will have he will have the respect of everyone there you know the one thing you can say about about Sam Burgess is that there are there are not many people um, in the sport of rugby league, that, that when they enter the room, there's an awe about them. You know, the room stops, and Sam Burgess is one of them. Of course, Justin Holbrook turned the job down. You know, yeah. he, he, he was offered a lucrative contract, but I think, I think two reasons. One, the, all his family are, are impressionable ages and school ages. Uh, but also, if you if you coach St Helens, why would you want to go and coach Warrington? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right, though. When you talk about Sam taking on that job, I think he's a calculated risk. I think that from I mean, obviously, he's just Australian experience with the, the little bit of slight differences in the game. You know, I think he's got an opportunity there. But obviously, they're not going to leave him alone on an island. No. He'll he'll have good quality people around him to be able to build a program. He was known to be tough. He's a smart player. We saw that um, come through. So, yeah, I, I think it is, it is pretty exciting. And, it, you know, obviously he wants to be good at it. So I don't think he's going to take it as a, you know, this is one, a job for the boys type scenario. No, I think he's going to put the effort in. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, and I think, you know, the, the, the fact that he goes with, it, with everyone's blessing uh, at, mm. at, at Souths. And, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced he will be a head coach at, at the Rabbitohs somewhere down the line. It, it's sort of written in the stars. It's his club. It's his home. You know, the relationship he's always had with Russell Crowe, very much like father and son, you know, and, and, and the fact that everyone at the Rabbitohs will do all they can as well mm. uh, to, to help him. 
Um, I mean, it is. I mean, this 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 guy is highly respected over here, and he's been uh, involved for the last couple of years in the in the Rabbitohs coaching system. But you know, to go from there to a head coaching job under enormous mm. pressure, Warrington haven't won a premier a premiership for over 50 years. You know, it's a tough tough ask. Uh, but I reckon I reckon it, it's it's a shrewd uh, appointment, which which may just turn out to be a masterstroke. Mm. His experience at South may well aid that, just given that South had obviously been through such a long drought before that emotional night where they unfortunately beat my Bulldogs to win uh, win that premiership. But I was listening to Matty John's show yesterday on Morning Glory and he was saying exactly the same thing about Sam Burgess's coaching career, that there's no doubt he's destined to come back to mm. South and that he's a really smart football brain. We, we give him all the credit for... Um, you know, the, the brawn and the physicality and the toughest of who he is as a player. But behind that, you know, everyone says that he's a really tough, yeah, a really smart football brain. Yeah, I, 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 like we just spoke about it too. And I think the reality from that point of view is that he's going to be able to have a bit of leeway being in that, you know, no, expectations will be that they want to be competitive, not, <clears throat> not necessarily win the whole thing. So straight away anyway. So I, I, I like the appointment. Stuart, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on board this morning. As you always. catch the New South Wales Starts Masters live on Fox Sports. It starts 7 tonight. Win Entertainment Centre in front of a packed house. Fantastic entertainment, fantastic sport. A pleasure to have you on board. Hopefully same time, same place next August. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. We'll have you back any time. Saturday's in the gong. We'll head to a break. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Tim Barrow and Matt Campbell this morning, Saturdays in the gong. How good was it to have Stuart Pike on Stuart Pike, Pikey, 180. Oh, what a great caller. It's just, I mean, a legend abroad and so knowledgeable mm. about darts, but also about rugby league. It's yeah. just fantastic. Very passionate St. Helens band as yeah, well. Yeah, so. and passionate English. We're talking a little bit off air about the Ashes and stuff like that. So just good to have a bit of um, diversity on our on our broadcast. But, uh, yeah, fantastic worldly guy. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to see. We've got a couple of texts on there. We're going to get the trial games on uh, on TV. Are they open to the public? They are, yes. The, the Hawks game? Yeah, yeah. Are. One of them is. One of them's not. We're going to close one of them. Um, obviously, we've got a young superstar that we want to check out and before we uh, throw him to the world. But, uh, mm. yes, the uh, NBL uh, Illawarra Hawks will be uh, live on TV at some stage soon. That was from Julian from Flinders. So I suspect the Sydney Kings might be trying to do a bit of uh, mm -hmm. a bit of scouting on you, uh, your Hawkies in the preseason. Definitely. Uh, also, morning, guys. Uh, the result yesterday was Sweden winning um, and against Japan uh, means that There'll be a new first-time winner of the World Cup. So all the teams remaining in the tournament have never won the Women's World Cup. So there's another carrot for wow. the Matildas to go and get the job done. Uh, also, NRL, this afternoon, as we said, the Rabbitohs up against the Dragons at 3 o'clock. The Tigers against the Warriors at 5.30. Then the Roosters and the Dolphins. The Roosters trying to scramble to stay in contention at 7.35. The Storm and the Raiders tomorrow at 2, and the Knights and the Bulldogs. Gee, we're on free-to-air TV. That's a, a minor miracle, given the Bulldogs are out of uh, <laughs> finals action. We've got plenty more to come. We're going to try and catch up with Superbike champion Troy Corsa, catch up with rugby league writer Mitch Jennings, 
got heaps going to talk about racing, maybe some more basketball. Stick with us. The second hour, if you're in Sydney, you can catch us on the app. Saturdays in the Gulf. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. Welcome to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Saturday morning here at Wollongong Golf Club. We're Saturdays in the gong, 1575. SEM Track, the app, the website. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, GWM Havel. Head down to Wollongong City Motors and get a test drive there today. Impact Garage Doors, impactgaragedoors.com.au and the Illawarra Mercury. Subscribe at illawarramercury.com.au. Now, we've had some champions on our show in the last couple of years since <coughs> Saturday's in the gong, but what a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure to have Troy Corsa, two-time World Superbike champion, on the show. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Thanks for coming down, mate. Oh, no worries. You've got a beautiful studio here. We do, yeah. We're outside here. It's sort of outside in the bar area facing the practice green and the, the first tee here at Wollongong Golf Club. So we get to catch a bit of the action all morning. What are you up to these days? Well, I'm uh, back over here now fairly full-time. Uh, I still go back to Europe and do a few events over there with uh, race schools that I do over there. But uh, but you're over here uh, sort of getting involved in the, in the racing scene back out here in Australia now in the Australian Superbike Championship. Uh, looking after a young kid at the moment in the 300 championship, uh, giving him a bit of a hand in the, at the racetrack, and uh, yeah, we're leading the championship at the moment, so it's going well. Yeah, a, a protege. Um, so tell us about the events over there. How many rounds have we had? And, and yeah, we're, obviously you said he's leading the championship, so going very well. Yeah, here in Australia, ASBK, it's a support race for the superbikes. Um, we have six rounds, so uh, we've had four so far. And uh, we, we're leading the championship by a couple of points. So uh, a couple of to go now. So uh, Phillip Island later in the year and uh, over in Adelaide uh, at the Bend, a brand-new circuit uh, in November. So fingers crossed. If we get uh, good, consistent results, I think, uh, yeah, we can walk away with the championship. And uh, young Brando is a very experienced rider. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how we go for next season. So you've got a base here in Wollongong as well as you're talking about your, your setup that you spend time in Europe as well? Yeah, I'm based over here in the, down in Albion Park, so that's where I've been based for some time. Uh, when I go back to Europe, I'm all around the place travelling, uh, Spain, Germany, France, uh, fly in, fly out, basically, events. Uh, but, yeah, over here, uh, pretty much always been sort of local to Wollongong. So you won championships in 1996 as well as 2005, I guess. Take you, you know, take us back to, to that sort of time. I mean, it must just a fantastic time for Australian motorsport at that stage. Yeah, it was. Uh, obviously, racing was quite big. Uh, obviously, had Wayne Gardner who won the World Championship in '87. Uh, Mick Doohan was in the 500s as well. So uh, racing was just getting on the map pretty much after them guys. Uh, obviously, I, I was racing over here at the time, but I uh, had a chance to get out of Australia after winning the Australian Championship. Uh, actually, Barry Sheen got me the opportunity to get out of Australia, go to uh, America, have a test ride at uh, Daytona of all places. Never been there before, all the bank corners, and uh, <laughs> managed to uh, be the fastest rider there in a few laps and walk away with that ride for the year. And 
become the first non-American, first Australian to win the uh, American Superbike Championship as a rookie. Uh, after that, had a chance to move over to World Championship and uh, quite successfully got off the ground. I finished uh, third in one of my first races I've ever done over there at Donington. Uh, stayed on the following season in 95 and finished second. The first time at all these new tracks racing guys like Carl Fogarty, Scott Russell, Aaron Slight, Keeley, Hugger, all these the guys from back in the day who have been racing for some time. Uh, so, yeah, finished second that season. Stayed on with Ducati uh, as a factory rider and uh, won the championship my second season in and become the, fir uh, the youngest person to ever win that championship by that time. So uh, quite quick progression uh, into that racing. And then, uh, as you said, nine years after that, uh, I raced for all the manufacturers in between that time from Ducati, Yamaha, Suzuki, Honda, BMW, Aprilia, Patronus. Uh, nine years later, won my second one on Suzuki. So uh, and that's actually still a record, the longest between two world championships in uh, Superbikes and also GP, I believe. So, uh, so yeah, a bit of a record wow. there. But uh, <laughs> I think I was actually almost the oldest person to win the championship second time round. Because mm. uh, generally injury uh, or not a chance to get a, pick up a ride... Uh, mm you don't stay in a, in a championship that long, really. So uh, I probably was the longest-serving rider in that championship, too. So uh, many races, 378 world championship races. And if you think about it, those races are about 100 kilometres each. Yeah. That's about a half, half a million kilometres <laughs> just in races, <laughs> let alone practice and qualifying and stuff. So... Uh, Keeps me fit. Yeah. Me, uh, yeah. Get, get me on the ball. Well, yeah, and the amount of, amount of miles you're doing to travel to get all to all those spots where you, where they race, and yeah, I mean, phenomenal to be able to get to that level so quickly, especially when you're racing on tracks that you haven't seen before, hadn't had much time on. Like you talked about, you know, we talked about the advantages of just playing golf on a golf course when you know where to hit the ball. Sure. It'd be very similar on race tracks, I assume, and to to have that progression so quickly and that I, I guess probably when you were young and new to it that you didn't have any fear when you were attacking some of these courses Is, was that the sort of bit of an edge that you had coming out of Australia that underdog tag all the way through and people thought you wouldn't be able to do some of those things was that driving you and did it help you in your bike racing yeah I think um, from the beginning I never really struggled to learn new circuits or learn a new course if you want to use golf but uh but yeah, obviously the more laps you do, the better. But uh, I was quite lucky. I, I had good teammates when I went to all these teams. And uh, I always try to get on with my teammate because I want to share information with him. I can help him. He can help me at times. So uh, sometimes you've got to keep a little. But at the end of the day, if you're going to beat beat someone, uh, you're better off getting some good information off someone, follow them around, get some information. And uh, I learnt quite quickly from all the guys over there. And uh, as I said, I worked with the best teams in the in the paddock all, all the factory teams and all the mechanics and everyone in the engineers and so much experience and being a young kid i i, I took it on to learn i didn't think walk in there thinking okay i know how to do this i'm gonna win it yeah right um took the other step just be calm mm. learn as much as you can and uh walk before you run and uh, i think that's sort of a bit of the problem at the moment these kids they sort of try to rush things a bit too quick maybe the pressures now you they think they've got to get there young and uh not have much of a chance but I've always thought, take your time, get there, and, and you'll you'll be there for a long time if you're at the top. Well, it sounds like also back in your own ability, right? So you weren't scared to give up some information to try and get some information to be able to be the best you could possibly be. And it's a great scenario, but you are right. In today's society, with social media and all those other bits, it's more about their belief in having to be the best straight away rather than 
drive and work on your craft to become the best you can be and then trusting that the best you can be will be better than the person standing next to you and I think you know that's the society that we're not building and especially in your sport like the you're talking millimeters you're talking milliseconds on yeah thousands you know, of a second yeah thousands of a second on on the change in in you know being really good or or being middle of the pack and you know, it's it's great that you've been able to do that. And is that some of the stuff you're now sharing to that new generation? Exactly, is yes. That, that's basically what I'm, I'm trying to bring over to these riders now and uh, obviously help them with my experience, but also teach them how to talk with the press and how to be around the public and stuff like that. And uh, I think that's, like you said, this social media stuff, it's all about look at me, look at me, look at mm -hmm. me. And that's not really what it's all about. I don't think sports. I think you can like, be part of the sport, be part of it, and uh, you'll be there for a while. And uh, obviously the results will come. You don't need to say how good you are let the results come and uh and my dad my granddad always said that do the talking on the track don't need to be telling people how good you are or what you could have done just got to bite it sometimes suck it to see and uh, generally it'll come out on top how's the dynamic i guess you talk about working with different manufacturers during your career i guess how has that sort of changed now i mean we look at daniel ricardo in the f1 getting his chance with alpha tori after the the timeout and back in the red bull setup i mean um how's the dynamic i guess within within superbikes is it a similar oh, it's, a, it's a fairly ruthless business obviously it is uh it's getting more and more now i think uh, as the more money and sponsors get involved uh which i understand you know it's it's there is pressures when all that comes on board but uh, yeah, it's it's one of those. It's you just got to work with the people. I said it's it's one of those. It's uh, but there is a lot of competition out there now. A lot of a lot of kids think they're the one they can make it. There's only one percent whoever makes it. There's only ever one world champion, especially in motorsports. And uh, sounds strange. No one really remembers second and third. Mm -hmm. They're great results, and that's what you need to strive for. But uh, there's only ever one world champion, and that's the one percent. And if you're not that, then you might not be there very long. So uh, you've got to make sure that uh, you do things the right way. And we've had Brandon Demery on the show, just sort of reading through back a couple of the, the Mercury sto uh, stories. Um, I guess tell us about sort of his development and um, you know how he's sort of come through into some of these higher classes. Well, actually, Brando, a long time ago, we uh, had a, a metric kit championship, which we had over here in Australia, which uh, was sort of a Victorian sort of thing in Queensland. But... Uh, we got some bikes, and Brando was actually one of my riders. Uh, we got a bike for him, and he actually won the championship as a young kid. And uh, it's always been in racing, but never really chased it, I think, to become a, a racer. Just enjoyed it as a sport. Uh, it was quite good, and uh, progressed through up the 300s, rode 600s a bit. Unfortunately, got injured down at Phillip Island a few years ago, and uh, that put him on a back step for a while. Health was his main concern then, just get back on his feet and get healthy. Uh, he's done that. Uh, I've come back and we've, we've sort of met up, sort of by chance, really. Um, just a local motorbike shop down here in Wollongong. He's working in there at Moto City and uh, walked in and said, G'day, and Brando's out the back working on, on bikes. So a uh, bit of a chat. Yep, he was pretty keen to have another go at racing. So I uh, said, well, let's, let's hook up together and I'll give you a bit of a hand and see how we go this year. In preparation more for next year, really. This year was just a bit of a tester to see how he, he felt how I hounded it working with him on the bike and the team and uh, I've got a, a friend Nigel Taylor's helped me as a on the team as well some friends as mechanics uh, trying to pick up some local sponsors along the way as well to give the local community a bit of uh, advertisement promotion as well because we are racing all around Australia so um, so yeah putting all them things together so uh, Brando's taken it on well um, although he's been doing it a long time himself so it's mm -hmm. been a little bit difficult just to get my trust I guess um, 
as riders, you always think I know what's best. But uh, but yeah, so it's coming around. So I'm hoping that uh, not just with Brando, with other riders, I can um, give them uh, some information and some feedback of what I think is going to help them a lot in their riding, but also behind the scenes, off the track as well. Do you uh, do you get on the bike much? Do you you know do you get to a circuit and still <laughs> still test the abilities, or is it just for fun now? I still get out there and race with the young kids. Yes, <laughs> so if that's the question, and the old kids still got it. Uh, well, my school I do over in Europe. Uh, BMW is my partner over there, and I've been working with them guys since the end of 2011. Although I raced from nine, ten, and eleven at, at the last rounds of the championship in my career. Uh, so since eleven, so was it uh, thirteen years, twelve years? I've been with them doing the school. And to be honest, I do more riding now uh, in a year than I would when I was racing. Because <laughs> racing, we're limited with testing time. We've only got certain track time when we're allowed on the circuit, which is generally about two and a half hours a day. Uh, I do five hours a day riding sometimes at some of the events. So uh, 15,000 kilometres in a year. So uh, I can ride as much as I like, or as yeah. little as I like. And I enjoy it because it keeps me sharp, keeps me fit. I'm I'm still exactly the same kilos as when I was racing over my whole 30, 30 years of racing. And uh, and still quite quick. You know, I can still get out there and push. I can't do it for as many laps now. I think <laughs> yeah, my fitness right. levels down a bit. But uh, it comes down to muscle memory. You, know, yep. you don't really forget it. Like I said, if you're doing things right, your body remembers and it just takes over again. And that's all that thing about, I'm talking about training kids, that mm. get it done right, going slow. So yep. it becomes easy second nature. And uh uh, same as golf, you, know, you, you can get up there and try to hit as hard as you want. That's not the way to do it, is it? You know, you've know, you got to hit it right, right technique and tempo, and it all falls into place. So it's the same on the motorbikes, all timing, rhythm. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, that's no, great. <laughs> oh, yeah, really you, you do look in fantastic shape. You look like you could just jump on the bike and compete straight away. I can so. literally jump in my suit from my very first racing when I first started, when I was 20 years wow. old, I can fit straight <laughs> in my suit right now. So, oh, uh, I couldn't say quite that. quite lucky, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, how good that they've got an, an ability to be able to follow you around the race line, to be able to understand in actual, like, instead of just being told and shown on a video, or play a video game to be able to see the lines, to be able to follow someone who's been in that space and a world champion to be able to see exactly what they need to do and learn like you said at a slower pace where they can understand the track understand the bike to get to that level i mean it's an unbelievable um opportunity for young riders to be right behind a world champion yeah absolutely like here in australia i raced on all the circuits pretty much a long time ago but uh I could jump on a bike today and do laps around that track and uh, be able to give a bit of feedback on the setup of the machine, mm -hmm. uh, what gearing to use, what lines to use, where some bumps are, reference points, all these stuff that, that I know I use when I ride. And uh, there's a lot of these young kids that don't know it, they've never been taught it. And uh, it's amazing how much, uh, when you give them that information, you can see them absorb it and actually go out there and ride around and follow them. I can see them learning lap by lap corner by corner if they do the technique correct and uh, that's a quite a unique thing too because like you said anyone can ride and say hey you're doing that wrong are they or aren't they not uh, i know myself I've, I've tried it been there done, done that mistake and uh, learned from it and uh, just trying to shortcut those mistakes because uh, like i said you don't get you don't get a long time of proving yourself these days on any sport really to be honest you know, you've got to be at the top straight away that's a lot of pressure uh, and that can be a bad thing or a good thing. But I think if you've got the right coaching, right person around you, right team, um, and you've got the ability, then uh, put it all together, I think you can get success. 
What about you, Matt Campbell? You're a 2001 NBL Championship winner. You still get down to the snake pit there and have a shoot around when you, you test, funny. test the old... No, not really, to be honest. I haven't really touched the ball uh, since I retired. Uh, that's funny. Um, the difference in that space, I've got young kids coming through the sport now, both girls uh, who are both playing, and, yeah, happy to teach them the fundamentals of the game and, and teach, but not a lot of um, interaction, really, from my point of view that way. And I was just sort of thinking about it. I'm, I'm helping out trying to teach basketball the fundamentals of the sport mm-hmm. we teach and then you see it and then you let them go and you sort of sit on the sideline they go up and down unique in motorsport that way you, you could be right behind them for, so you could a show them the line to start with the first run around then drop in behind and then watch what they're doing wrong to give them the fundamental techniques that that we do in basketball we have to sit behind you tell them to keep their arms straight you'd follow throughs and all those bits and pieces you can actually follow them right around the track to be mm-hmm. able to see and do it. It's interesting that, uh, you know, the level that we have to try and teach um, and then try and get to it, but you probably don't see them as early as we do in basketball because we can do it generally anywhere. To be able to get uh, an athlete in motorsport, they've got to be able to progress through multiple stages even to be able to get to a track. Um, such a different sport from football, soccer and basketball. Yeah, but it does start grassroots. Uh, I'm a firm believer that uh, you really should start on off-road bikes, dirt bikes, before you get on any kind of other motorcycle, road bike, uh, flat track, motocross, anything like that. Um, learn the fundamentals. That's, that's basically, it's, it's got a throttle, it's got clutch, brake, two wheels. Uh, you've got to balance it and steer it and stuff. But there's certain ways you can, you can actually ride a motorcycle one way to a certain level which is what I see most people. But if you want to make that next step, which is a uh, competition, you actually have to change that technique almost completely the opposite direction. It sounds really strange. You can't teach them that first. They have to learn the first steps first and then the second one. And that's sort of exactly what you just said. I can lead them around, show them exactly where to go, let them go past, see if they actually learnt where, if they were watching where I was going first, because generally they're not. They're that worried about <laughs> where they're going, trying to go too fast. Um, so slow it all down and then uh, once they go past see what they're doing but then be able to explain why I want them to change and what they're going to feel if they don't change it and that's a different way as well it's not just saying do that no reason why there's actually a reason why and uh, it's normally because it is better um, and it's actually normally because it is safer and that's the whole thing about motorsport it's a very dangerous sport you don't want to be hitting the road to be honest you want to be fast but you don't want to be crashing and a lot of kids they, they tend to go a bit too fast and they start crashing and they get hurt and confidence goes down, they get injured and they lose their opportunity. So uh, I'm, that's that step-by-step. Step. So grassroots is the key. We do off-road training down at my property, down in Albion Park there with my brother and uh, we get all levels of riders. We've had kids never been on a bike, adults to people who want to go and race. And uh, after a day or two down there, they learn a lot. And they're like, wow, I never thought I could learn that much doing about 20, 30 kilometres an hour sliding around on a little tiny dirt bike and I jump on my 1000 and I think I'm pretty fast and they learn so much on a little bike so uh, so yeah so that's a, another big thing that we're pushing here is start dirt mum and dad get the family involved so they're not scared and worried about it it's not a dangerous sport if you know what you're doing Troy, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show this morning. I mean, Wollongong's been so fortunate to have the heroes in yourself and Wayne Gardner um, you know, just rise to the levels that we've had it's, it was a incredible uh, well couple of years I guess so mm. yeah it was just fantastic thanks for for coming uh, here this morning mate really appreciate your time we'll have you on again we're going to head to a break Saturdays in the gong
There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. show this morning you can catch him out at the uh bulleye antique bike weekend so they're in their 70th year the bikes are all 35 years and older it started at 6 a.m this morning they're at the bulleye dogs venue the bulleye showgrounds uh and eight o'clock tomorrow morning so if you're into your bikes get out there there's a swap meet there's all sorts of things uh plenty to uh plenty to have a look at along the way so we move back to Rugby League because we've got the Illawarra Mercury's league rider Mitch Jennings on the line. Good morning, Jenno. The Dragons up against the Rabbitohs this afternoon. Yeah, good morning, boys. Good morning. It's a, uh, it's a big one, an interesting one being up in Cairns. It's funny when you think about uh, the Rabbitohs. They've been everywhere but Sydney <laughs> in the last little stretch, haven't they? They've been Tamworth and just been all uh, all over the trap. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly a big one for, for South. Uh, I think we, as we can agree, it wasn't. It doesn't even seem all that long ago we were thinking, you know, they they were title among the title favourites and you know the best chance of upsetting this Penrith juggernaut. And you know, a lot of people still think the same thing if they can just if they can just get there. But they've just been an interesting side to watch. I mean, I've spoken about it all through the year that uh, you know they're a team that can really take a game away from you in those those short blitzes, but have never really been you know an eighty minute outfit and they're still not that outfit you know this back end of the year so they're in a bit of a pitch fight to to get there and give it a shake I mean I think we all know when you've got you know Walker Mitchell Murray you're going to give any team a a scare on their day but uh, I guess they've got to start stringing some together and I think after a bit of an embarrassment last week they're going to see the Dragons as a little bit ripe for the picking there even more under man than they have been the Dragons they've been I think they've been very game we've all I think we'd all acknowledge that and it was probably one of their better performances of the year against Parramatta last week. Some controversy there. I think they probably see it out if they go to 26-10, which, you know, Graham Annesley's come out and said they should have been the case with that disallowed try to Talatel Moan. So, look, they're playing with plenty of spirit. They're playing with a lot of guts, and they're certainly not uh, turning it up. But uh, I just don't know if they're going to have, you know, the cattle this afternoon to, to get past the Rabbitohs outfit that uh, obviously is at a pretty critical stage of their season as well. Yeah, Jenna, I think uh, uh, you're 100% on, on point. I think you look back maybe six weeks ago, we were talking about, you know, who could really challenge the Panthers at the end of the seasons, and, and it was the Rabbitohs we were talking about. And on paper, definitely have the talent level to be one of those sort of contending teams. But probably the probably the underachievers of the year, and, uh, and we say that, I mean, they've been a little bit up and down over the last three or four seasons, but uh, I think this year really has shown that they um, that they really need a bit more stability in the club. I think some people who are more working-collar type, the blue-collar type person, to just, just maintain a bit of consistency week in, week out. And I do also agree with you that the Dragons are going to be in some trouble because I think they're going to, after that rude shock, um, come out with a, with, a, with a bit of gusto. But, um, yeah, for me, the biggest disappointment so far this year. 
Yeah, well, I guess it, they're, they're certainly... They would be in the conversation depending on where they, they sort of go out this year. I think the Roosters have that game-set match as far as being the big, biggest disappointments of the year, but we've sort of put them aside for, for quite some time now. I mean, it, what was interesting to me was obviously Gus Gould came out, and I don't know, if, I think it's been a bit overblown. I don't think he necessarily had a real crack at Latrell Mitchell, but he just sort of suggested he, he hasn't done it. And I've got to say, guys, I tend to agree on that score. I mean, it's a relative comment. He's obviously a superstar. He's probably the biggest star power player in our game and he's and he's done a lot. He's won Origin Series, he's won premierships. But Matty, you'd be well aware of this the way we discuss players just obviously in basketball. We talk about in the NBA, we talk about legacies and, you know, has LeBron carried the team to this? Have you been the man on the team? And if you look at Latrell Mitchell's record in his career, he hasn't actually achieved any of those things being the man. He hasn't achieved mm. it being the best player on his team. He hasn't actually put a team on his back and, and carried them to victory, whether that be a premiership where, you know, he was a young kid in uh, stacked teams, you know, with Cronk and a, and a peak Tedesco and Cordner and all these guys where he was, you know, a very classy and a very handy sort of top-up in the talent stakes at that point. Then he's come to, obviously, he's been very, very good in, in state of origin in, in spurts, but that's sort of been as a centre on an edge and, again, as a bit of a, a an attacking weapon. But he probably hasn't been the man as such in, in that team, certainly not in the way... You know, you could suggest someone who's in that conversation that hasn't quite got over that hump yet, like a like a Tommy Turbo. There's no doubt if, if Manly Seagulls are getting anywhere, it's going to be on his back, and obviously it won't be this season. But that's the type of thing that we probably haven't seen Latrell do as far as string together this epic run of form that can carry a team all the way to a premiership. And I guess that's the question mark over him. Can he do it? Can he get this South Sydney team there? as the man, as the as the top guy in that team that's put the team on his back. And that is, I think, as Gaskill pointed out, that's the big question around him and certainly around South Sydney. Just quickly, Jeno, because we've got to get to the news, but the last round of the Illawarra Rugby League competition as well and the minor premiership is uh, still on the line. Yeah, look, I think you'd have to say De La Salle uh, odds on there coming up against Coromel. Coromel broke through for that that win and just credit to the club and everyone for hanging in there all year to, to get that win in the penultimate round. But they're a little bit undermanned as well, and obviously the one win for the year. So with De La Salle in the form there, and I, I couldn't see anything other than De La winning and, and winning well and locking up that, that minor premiership, which is, you know, a huge a huge coup for that club in their second year. Down here in the Illawarra, the interesting clash is obviously the one I'll be calling with uh, with our great mate Johnny Pett uh, at Collegians. Collegians taking on West, and that will decide who who finishes top two. The, the winner of that one will, will jump to that spot. And, We'll tell you what, calling the games that we've called uh, of late, the brutality in these games as all the sides start getting themselves ready for finals. I think being top two and getting a chance at a grand final via the major semi is just going to be huge. I'll be tipped. Whoever wins the major semi will be my tip for the grand final. I can say that right now just because of how brutal the path is if you don't go that way. So huge, huge uh, stakes there this afternoon with Collegians. It's uh, Collegians and West there Parish. And obviously it's... At Gibson Park, it's Old Boys Day, one of the best Old Boys Day you will ever go to. I won't be there, which is probably a good thing, but 100 games for Hayden Cross and the skipper there as well. So they're desperate. They don't want to go into the finals on three straight losses, the Butchers, so they're going to want to recapture the form to give this thing a shake as well. So plenty at stake in, in all the games. So wherever you get out to, it's going to be a belter. You can catch the Illawarra League live and free on the Illawarra Mercury website this afternoon, thanks to Bar TV. Cheers, Geno. We'll head to the news. We're going to talk some racing. There's a new player in town, Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track.
the usual choice on Saturdays in the gong for a bit of a music theme, but there is a reason behind it because Royal Kembla Grange has a meeting out there this afternoon, eight races. Uh, the first one jumps at 12.30. It's a Barbie and Ken theme. So throw on your pink, get out to Kembla and have a cracking day because it is going to be a sensational afternoon, the weather being absolutely tip-top. So joining us now is a director of uh, the Illawarra Turf Club. He's also a mad rugby man, Toby Dawson. Good morning to you, mate. Morning, Baz, Matty. Hey. Great to have you on board. Yeah, it's going to be a sensational afternoon out there at Kembla. Mate, it's always cracking out at uh, Royal Kembla, as you say, but with, day, with a day like this, and I love the uh, Barbie and Ken uh, day that they're putting on as well. It's going to have best dressed. It's going to be an absolute cracker for everyone that heads out there. Um, and, you know, Barbie and Ken have chat to the weather gods up there, and they've even made it. You know, look at this. I'm not sure, mate, if we get away with the uh, Ken look, uh, especially in today's uh, day and age where we are. But uh, I can only imagine what's going to happen at Kembla today with some of the females or the fillies getting out there in Barbie. Uh, not really the best uh, place to have high heels, though. So I'm gonna be, it's going to be very interesting to see how many rolled ankles uh, out at the turf club today. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the high heels, they're only there to be put over your shoulder at the end of the day, I think, as they make their way back to the uh, Kembla Grange train station, um, hopefully with big sacks of cash after they've backed a few winners and, you know, win the best dressed for uh, the best dressed Ken and the best dressed Barbie. Uh, it's going to be a spectacle for everyone. And, and good racing too, you know. Um, I... Um might. I've got a share in a horse that's actually running in the Wagga Whiz tomorrow on Sunday over a thousand. Uh, it was uh, nominated for Kembler in the thousand today, the 64. Um, Bryce Hayes is dancing alone, unbeaten from three starts. He's a dollar fifty-five favourite in that race. So some really, uh, some really good racing out there this afternoon at Kembler Grange. Joining us on the line now is the chief executive of the Illawarra Turf Club, Steve Keane. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah. Good morning, guys. How are you going? Very good, mate. What's the uh, what's the track report? I mean, it's just sensational conditions today, so the uh, the track must be looking um, an absolute treat. Yeah, look, it is. It's perfect conditions, and you know, to have an inch of rain last Saturday night, leading into today's race meeting. Um, yeah, someone's doing something right upstairs, and uh, we've we've had it absolutely perfect all week. And yeah, good for surface, and um, yeah, looking forward to some good racing. So we've got the rail out seven from the 1100 to the winning post, but yeah, a good four, so we're ready to rock and roll now. The Barbie theme obviously coming back off the back of the uh, the smash hit movie that's out at the moment featuring Margot Robbie, and I, I figure obviously a better theme than, than Oppenheimer, which is, uh, which is out at the moment as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We thought we'd go with a more festive theme. Um, <laughs> and look, the staff have got really right behind it there. If you walk around the course now, there's plenty of Barbies and Cans already here. Um, look, we've put a bit of incentive in for the best dressed duck member as well. So, um, yeah, everyone's getting in the spirit, and there'll be some um, yeah, interesting frocks here today. And yeah, it'll be a good fun day. So we're, we're looking forward to it. Talk about incentives for the staff. Have we have we got someone that's just gone all out? What about your kit, mate? Have you gone pink? Oh, look, I've, I do have a, a blonde wig and a pink tie, so I haven't probably gone as hard as some others. But, but look, there are one, one of our staff members will, is, will actually be walking around in a Barbie box. So, um, and then there's some, there's some plastic um, wigs getting around, 10 wigs, um, and a lot of pink. So it's, uh, everyone's got right into the, the theme of it, and it'll be good fun. 
It's a yeah, totally exciting day out there. But I did notice the last, the eighth um, on the on the card today is at 4.40 in the afternoon. The Matildas are kicking off at 5. Uh, plans on TV screens or are you trying to kick everybody out before they get too rowdy to watch the Matildas? Oh, look, it's something that we probably didn't have enough time to plan for. Um if, if we had a, you know, a little bit more time to, you know, speak to the licensing police and things like that to, to extend um, our trading hours, then uh, that's something we definitely would have, you know, loved to put on the big screen and people could have stayed and watched it. Um, but, yeah, time time constraints and things like that just didn't allow for it. So I presume everyone, you know, like most of my staff as well, will be keen to, to shut up and get out and um, support them. Perfect day for it though. You go to the races in the mm. afternoon, jump on the train back to town, or mm. head down to my way down at Shell Harbour and catch, uh, you know, head to a local and um, and catch the the game as well. Steve, you've uh, you've been in the job for you know a few weeks now. Um, you know, must be enjoyable taking on the new challenge. Yeah, no, it is. Look, it's exciting. Um, you know, we've already started putting a few things in the plan, um, starting to get the Gong and the Melbourne Cup Day uh, meeting together and. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, exciting times, I think. Like the, if we keep this weather up, um, everyone's going to love it. So I can't promise that. But, um, yeah, it's it's exciting. Uh, and the, the Barbie thing today, you know, the things we want to... We want to have an enjoyable atmosphere on track and, and you get people to come along. Like today there'll be a DJ playing music and things like that as well. So we want everyone to come to the races, have an enjoyable day. Um, look, it, it's not it's not um, 100% necessary that you, you follow the horses or into them. But if you want to come and have a good time, we want to, That's what we want to want to do here. So and um, yeah, it's, that's that's the plan moving forward, and we look forward to rolling that out. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun out there this afternoon. 12.30 is the first race, so if you're not already organised, find some pink, get out to the track and have a sensational day. Appreciate your time, Steve. We'll catch up soon. We're going to come back after the break and see if Toby Dawson's recovered from the Wallabies' nail-biting loss to the All Blacks last week. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. favourite time of Saturdays in the gong. The best and the worst of the Illawarra. I'll give you two. Uh, my first one to Shell Harbour Junior Football Club. They're playing their last round today. Just got a message from my lovely wife, Emma, that both my boys have managed to score a couple of goals. So that'll keep them happy until next season. So bang the gong to Shell Harbour Junior Football Club. And secondly, to Vikings Rugby Club, the oldest club in the Illawarra. They've had their struggles this year. Uh, really battled for numbers, had to pull the pin on playing first grade, but they're out there playing, I guess, trial practice games against university today on the path back to coming back to first grade. So well done to all the team out at Vikings Rugby Club. So bang the gong for the Vikings. 
Which throws to you, Toby Dawson. Uh, yeah, obviously been a difficult year in many ways for, for Illawarra Rugby. Um, the Shoalhaven juggernaut continues to roll on, but it's just fantastic to see, you know, Vikings are inching their way back. Yeah, absolutely horrendous year. Last year, new committee came on with a commitment to rebuild and their goal was to have two teams by the end of the year. Today is the last competition round and we will have two teams playing at Vikings as well as it's a Vikings old boys day. So all of the past players, all the sponsors awesome. are going to be down at Swan Street. Matty might walk the 50 metres <laughs> and yep. come and have one of their refreshing cool ales and lovely meat pies on the hill because um, it'll be a massive crowd. It always is with uni. Two local teams, bit of a derby. Yep. Um, and unfortunately for uni, they haven't had the strongest of years. Yep. Um, they've really struggled on the field, but... Hats off to them. They've said that they won't take the bye. Um, they'll actually step up and play in first grade to wow. help Vikings achieve the goal. And I think that just speaks to the spirit of local rugby. We're all in it together. Yep. You know, it's kind of like a game of golf. You don't want to play golf on your own, but when you're out there, you want to win. Mm. You yep. know? And that's, you know, the rugby fraternity is massive. Yeah, and there's a lot of pain that clubs go through to, to get back to this point. Like, it's not an easy process to pull clubs back together. Once you lose it, often, it's it's impossible to make happen again. So I don't think you can underestimate the significance of the fact that they can get back to this point. Yeah, and I think, you know, you touched on it in the intro there, Baz. Vikings is the oldest club in the district, and that is one of the reasons why I think we've been able to rebound so well this year. We've just got so many people in the local community that have an affiliation to Vikings and they've had it play a very significant role in their lives during a period of their life that they don't want to see it go down the, down the plug hole. So everyone's rallied around, you know, chatting to the big guys, picking up their barbecue chook at Woolies and you look like <laughs> no. you can play rugby. <laughs> yeah. Come in, come in. Come yeah. on over. You yeah. know, that's John, John Storky Martin, life member of the club. That's his oldest trick. He'd just loiter around the barbecue <laughs> chook section at Woolies. And do his recruitment drive, so. <laughs> now, we've got to get to the really touchy subject. You've had a week to recover. Ha I, I, have, you, have you got the silver lining over the loss to the All Blacks over there, losing again in New Zealand? I'll tell you, some cardiologists had a bumper start to the week <laughs> this week, yeah. you know. That was an absolute blockbuster of a test. We, we chatted about it last week. What the Wallabies needed to do was firstly get rid of that first test nerves for some of the new guys like Carter Gordon. They then needed to have forwards dominate and give us some forward momentum to get good ball to the backs. We needed to tighten up the discipline in terms of handling and penalties. What they did in Dunedin was exactly... They listened to <laughs> Saturdays in the gong. <laughs> That's what about what I was going to say. They took the advice, got the podcast and followed through with exactly the game plan that we spoke about last week. And look... They were competitive the whole game. Um, it's what we want to see. As Australians, we want to see people compete. We want them to see them have a go. Um, I saw building blocks that I was excited about. Um, you know, hopefully that, that gives them the confidence that they can play with the rest of the world and we can move forward. Yeah, and I think you, you look at the World Cup squad that's then been picked by Eddie off the back of that. He's ripped the Band-Aid off. He's done what should have been done four years ago to be competitive at this World Cup. Yep. And I use that example because that's exactly what France did. You know, they had world champions in the under-20s. They cleared out the old guard, brought in the new guys for Japan, yep. and they are looking like being an absolute serious contender for the World Cup on their home soil in September this year. That's planning for the future, and if not this World Cup, it may well just count for the next one for the Wallabies. Great to see Winuna's Blake Shop also in the World Cup squad, so kicking goals there. Uh, we've got one more break left in us. We'll be back to wrap up Saturdays in the goal. There's a new player in town. 
Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. There's a new player in town. Wollongong City GWM Havel. Visit them for a test drive today. You're listening to Saturdays in the Gong on SEN Track. Oh, yeah, Saturday's in the gong with thanks to GWM Havel. Visit them at Wollongong City Motors today for a test drive. Impact Garage Doors, impacting homes for 20 years. Impactgaragedoors.com.au and the Illawarra Mercury. Subscribe at illawarramercury.com.au. Now, Matt Campbell, I've just been glancing down the NRL ladder. The Sharks won, so they go to 30. The Storm, they're on 30. The Raiders, 30. The Cowboys are 28, the Knights 27, then the Rabbitohs and the Eels, who lost last night, are 26. Now, are we still? Are you still assuming that the Rabbitohs are making the top eight? Because who's who's falling out out of those? I, I yeah, like it's very very tight. Um, um, you know, the Knights are still hanging in the balance for me. Like I think they've been awesome over the last sort of 10 weeks, but I, I don't know if they can sustain it into the finals. Yeah, it's a big banana skin game for them tomorrow. I mean, the Bulldogs are running 15th, but they're the type of team that really could just be a bit of nuisance value on the way out. They've then got the Rabbitohs in Newcastle next week before playing the Sharks at home and then the Dragons at Cogra. So the Rabbitohs and the Sharks games are basically season-defining for all three teams, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, totally. And and I think, you know, the Matty Johns and those boys were talking about the same thing. It's that those games are going to be basically like finals to see who makes the finals. But, you know, there's a couple of spoilers in there. You've got the Doggies, you've got the Dragons. Uh, I think the Knights are in a little bit of trouble. I, I love what they've built this year, though. Hopefully they can sustain it. Um, I'd love to see them in the finals, but that, they're the team for me that falls out. Gee, an absolute feast of sport this weekend get involved in all of it. We've got the NRL women here at Wynn Stadium kicking off shortly at 11 o'clock. The Rabbitohs and Dragons in Cairns at 3 o'clock. Kembla Grange, get down there, get your pink on for Ken and Barbie theme day down at Royal Kembla. And of course, the big one, the Matildas taking on France at 5 o'clock. No doubt you'll be uh, enjoying a cold one to uh, to celebrate the occasion. Yeah, totally. What a great day of sport. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Thanks to all our guests, Steve Keane, Troy Corsa. Thanks to our sponsors. It's been a sensational day. Been great to have you. Till next week, 8 to 10 a.m., 1575 a.m., Saturdays in the Gong.